Labor officially launches its election campaign, promising help for new home buyers, cheaper medicines, and gender pay equality. The auction market comes off the boil ahead of a potential rise in interest rates this week, and the greatest investor of all, Warren Buffett, is back in the market buying up stocks. It's Monday, the 2nd of May, 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Now, you had a long weekend at your brother Andy's wedding. How did it go? Oh, it went spectacularly well. It was just a really, really good, fun day. And hey, they both said yes. So, this is, so I consider that to be a, be a success. I want to know how the speech went, Michael. Uh, the speech went well. You know clangers? No, no, no. It's always kind of that, a bit of a, a fine line you have to walk between kind of accidentally veering into the roast kind of yeah. area and making sure you've got the right amount of sentimentality. But look, I, I think I think it landed okay. Yeah, you carried it off, did you? Yeah. We missed you. We definitely missed you, though Adam Lang stepped in on Friday and uh, we had a great show on Friday and so, you know, you were definitely missed, but Adam did oh, a great I, job. I've actually heard. I've listened back and I thought the two of you sounded a little bit croaky together, but overall mm. I thought the, I thought the show was, was, was very good. You know what? I'm planning another week off now as we speak. Good on you. All right. Now, immediately after the show today, stick around for Sean's chat with Rich Newsom, president of Wealth at Mercer. This is the second time Rich has been on the podcast this year and we invited him back because he's just so good at spelling out the investment landscape. Oh, and he's such a polite, he comes from New York and he's such a polite, considered individual and, um, yeah, a great chat, this one. It's a ripper. All right. The main story, though, this morning, Sean, is all about the election campaign. And Labor officially launched its campaign yesterday in Perth to raucous applause. And in front of two former prime ministers, Paul Keating and Kevin Rudd. Yes, opposition leader Anthony Albanese was introduced to the Crown by the very popular Western Australia Premier Mark McGowan. While the campaign's been going for several weeks, these party launches are showpieces whereby the party really can outline its credentials. Now, there was plenty of criticism of Scott Morrison throughout the launch. Mr Albanese said he wouldn't run from responsibility, echoing the attack ads Labor is running at the moment, claiming that the Prime Minister doesn't take responsibility for things and sometimes goes missing. We'll hear plenty of that over the next three weeks. At least so, Sean, we got a bit of substance. We got some policy promises as well. Very true. Labor said it will help 10,000 low and middle income home buyers enter the housing market each year by taking an equity stake of up to 40% in the houses that they buy. Now, the government then gets that 40% back when the property is sold. The help to buy scheme is a centrepiece of Labor's pitch to help the housing market ahead of the May 21 poll. Labor also wants to establish a National Housing Supply and Affordability Council in a bid to free up land and reduce red tape. Prime Minister Scott Morrison responded saying Labor wanted to profit from other people's houses. Now, Labor also promised a maximum payment for drugs on the pharmaceutical benefit scheme of $30, undercutting the government's promise of $32.50. It will boost funding for the development of green industries, think lithium and nickel, It'll boost funding for manufacturing. It'll also increase the number of electric vehicle charging stations. And finally, gender pay equity is to become an objective of the Fair Work Act under a Labor government. All right, plenty happening on the Labor side. Was the Prime Minister campaigning yesterday? He was, though it's hard to get cut through when the opposing party is launching its campaign. In fact, Mr Morrison had yesterday afternoon off. For its part, the government continues to run an anti-independent line saying so-called teal candidates 
would bring great uncertainty. There are a number of coalition members who are up against very, very strong independent candidates in the election, so they're pushing hard on that one. All right, Sean, you know I'm going to ask you this one. Who is going to win? Oh, that one, yes. Well, the polls say Labor on a two-party preferred basis, even if Scott Morrison is considered a better Prime Minister than Anthony Albanese would be. But three weeks is a very long time in an election campaign. I think Anthony Albanese's isolation of last week will be pretty quickly forgotten, and I reckon it's his to lose at this point. But everyone underestimated Scott Morrison last time around. 19 days left, Michael. 19 days and counting. All right, moving on to markets, Sean. It's such a big week locally because the consensus view among economists is that the Reserve Bank will lift the official cash rate for the first time in more than a decade tomorrow. That's certainly dominating local markets. There's still a chance the central bank will wait until June. I mean, a fairly good chance. And that would be after it sees wage growth figures. In any case, what we do know is that rates will be rising for the rest of this year. Now, on the share market, the S&P ASX 200 closed up 1.1% on Friday to finish at 7,435 points. All 11 sectors of the index rose with tech stocks leading the way. The banks did pretty well, but the miners were flat. The gold diggers improved. The retailers and several of the property companies were higher. And Telstra closed up 1.8%. Pretty good day all around, really. Now, for the month of April, Michael, the ASX lost a little over 1%, though that still outperformed most of the international bourses. And, Sean, Wall Street tumbled over the weekend, although tumbled almost seems slightly too mild to describe what happened. Yeah, it it really fell hard. The broad-based S&P 500 finished down 3.6%, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq lost more than 4%. April was the worst month for the S&P 500 since March 2020. That's when the pandemic kicked in and we got that big drop. It was actually, April was the biggest drop on NASDAQ since the GFC back in 2008. Wow. It was a disastrous month. Incredible. In short, investors are worried about a bunch of big interest rate hikes in the US this year, starting this week. They needed to fight inflation that's running at a 40-year high, but they'll also hurt earnings. And then over the past week, there's been some pretty high-profile disappointments in earnings season, including Amazon over the weekend, which reported its first loss in seven years. There's a lot to watch on Wall Street this week, as well as locally. Finally, Michael, the Aussie dollar starts the week trading around 70.6 US cents. Oil prices rose again over the weekend. Brent crude is fetching just under 110 US dollars a barrel, and gold is trading below 1,900 US dollars an ounce. All right, big start to the show, big start to the week, actually. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, auction clearance rates are falling, particularly in Sydney, with the heat well and truly out of the market. That's right. There's a fair bit working against the mortgage market at the moment. An election campaign, a rising interest rate environment, and plenty of cost of living pressures. But Michael, let's not get too dramatic about all this. House prices were up 20% last year. Sydney had more than 900 auctions scheduled over the weekend, and the preliminary clearance rate came in at 62%. That's well down from the peak of above 80% just a few months ago. Melbourne's clearance rate has been at 68% for the past couple of weeks. That's according to CoreLogic. One city which is doing well is Adelaide. Its clearance rate over the past week is around 80%, followed by Canberra and Brisbane, both around 69%. 
Sean, we've talked a bit recently about Ramsey Healthcare because recently it's been subject to a takeover offer. But on Friday, it announced a big slide in earnings. This is due to the ongoing impacts of COVID, disruptions on staff, patients and increased costs. The country's largest private hospital owner said net profit was down 39% for the nine months to March. The good news is that activity levels have started to pick up again as restrictions on elective surgery are lifted. The group's estimated the total impact of COVID so far this financial year is worth about $200 million. The disappointing result didn't do much to its share price, which ended down just half a percent on Friday. Why? Well, it's subject to an unsolicited $20 billion takeover offer from a KKR-led consortium. If successful, the deal will be the biggest private equity buyout of a listed Australian company ever. Now, Ramsey share price is trading at around a 10% discount to the offer price at the moment. That suggests the deal certainly isn't done, but it is one many market watchers expect will eventually occur. All right, just staying in the healthcare world, Sean, ResMed, the sleep apnea group, announced disappointing quarterly results on Friday, in part because of supply chain challenges. Yes, ResMed is listed on the ASX, but mostly operates out of the US. One of its biggest rivals, Philips, has had to recall products, meaning demand for ResMed machines has absolutely surged. Obviously, really good news, although some customers aren't really happy because ResMed can't get the machines to the customers quickly enough supply chain problems. CEO Mick Farrell said revenue was higher during the March quarter, though profit margins had contracted. Its share price was down 5% on Friday. Meanwhile, Sean, the stories of price rises across the economy continue. Yes, this time it was plumbing supplies group Reliance Worldwide. It says average price increases across the business will reach 10% this financial year as it tries to claw back sharp rises in raw material costs. Reliance's large businesses in the United States and Britain and also runs a substantial operation in Australia. It uses copper, brass, steel and resins in manufacturing hundreds of different parts and fittings used by plumbers. Its share price fell 1.5% on Friday, taking its slump this calendar year to almost 40%. Sean, remember back in the middle of the pandemic, we actually talked a lot about retailer Kogan.com. It was one of the, the kind of the real winners during that, that lockdown time with all the sales shifting online. But since then, sales have tumbled. Uh, sure have. Shoppers are really heading back to malls and combined with supply chain disruptions, the e-commerce stores are struggling. Founder and Chief Executive Russell and Kogan said there'd been a general slowdown in e-commerce across the market in the March quarter, and he hinted that he'd need to take measures to preserve profit margins. Kogan's share price fell 13% on Friday. It's now less than 20% of what it was at its peak in October 2020. And just a quick one, Sean, total credit rose 0.4% in March to be up 7.8% year on year. That's according to the Reserve Bank. Demand for housing and business loans grew, but personal loans dipped last month and were 3.3% lower than March last year. Moving on to overseas news, and Warren Buffett hosted the annual Berkshire Hathaway meeting over the weekend. This would have to be wouldn't it, Sean, the the biggest event to happen each year in Omaha, Nebraska? Not really kind of the place that you tend to think of as this big kind of corporate meeting place, but you've got some great stories to tell about that. Arguably, he is the world's greatest investor and he always has something interesting to say. Yeah, in many ways, it's not just the biggest event in Omaha, Nebraska. It's almost the biggest event on Wall Street because people hold him in such high regard that he can really lead the market. So maybe outside the US Fed, 
shifting on interest rates, just in terms of an investor doing something, this is probably the biggest event of the year. Now, he hasn't held the annual meeting since 2019 because of COVID, so he was quite happy to be back in front of an audience yesterday. This time around, he, he railed against the excesses of Wall Street and he talked up the benefits of holding cash. Berkshire has always kept a pile of cash in case of opportunities. And clearly, Mr. Buffett saw plenty of opportunities in the first three months of the year because Berkshire spent 51 billion US dollars buying stocks. It was one of the biggest buying sprees in years. Now, Berkshire still has about 106 billion US dollars in cash. That's just, you know, sitting in your bank account there. But 51 billion US dollars buying stocks. Man, that's jumping in. Yeah, it certainly is. feels like he's just giving good household budget advice, isn't it? Just always keep a pile <laughs> of cash in case of emergencies or in case of opportunities, just at a slightly different scale, really, isn't it? Mm, just slightly. Now, Sean, Russia is going to withdraw from the International Space Station. Yes, it's another outcome of the war in Ukraine. There have been sanctions imposed on its space industry by the US, Europe and Canada. Moscow called for the sanctions to be lifted. They weren't. Russia needs to give its partners a year's notice. And Michael, just in case you haven't been keeping an eye on the International Space Station, did you know last week three Americans and an Italian astronaut docked at the station? joining three other Americans, three Russians and a German already up there. Sean, you're probably actually asking the wrong person whether they're keeping an eye on the International Space Station. One of the most frequently opened apps on my phone is the International Space Station Spotter. Is that right? So that I can keep track of where it is, Ah. which countries it's passing over, so that I can make sure I'm standing outside to watch it pass over my house every couple of weeks or so. Is that right? Yep. You do that. Wow. Yep. I, I would hi- this is my hot tip of the day. We're not going to get in trouble from uh, any uh, any regulatory bodies with this tip. Download the ISS Spotter app. Yeah. And uh, and you can actually set an alarm on it that will let you know when the space station is approaching your town or your wow. city and you can watch it go overhead. It is fantastic. Really? Yeah. I'll do that. There you go. I'll do that after the show. Yeah, please do it. Now, Sean, one last one. Attacks in the Ukraine continue, and this is particularly happening in the south and the east of the country. Yes, Moscow has turned its focus to those regions after failing to capture capital Kyiv in a nine-week assault. Russian troops have captured the city of Kurzon, and there are reports that some civilians that were sheltering in steelworks in the city of Mariupol have been allowed to escape. More than 5 million refugees have now fled Ukraine since the war began. Okay. Now, up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview with Rich Newsom, President of Wealth at Mercer. Yes, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Rich is always very clear in what he says, and we talk about some of the really big picture issues going on, particularly around interest rates and and the war in Ukraine, and what that means for investors and what they should be investing in. Yeah, and Mercer is just so big. They've got, I think, it was around four hundred billion US dollars of assets under management, and something like seventeen trillion under advisements. So, if anyone is going to have a good insight into kind of what's going on for investors, it's going to be Rich News, and that's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Also out today is the week ahead with our resident economist Stephen Kukoulos. Sean, just how excited is Stephen about tomorrow's Reserve Bank board meeting? Yeah, he's really excited. I mean, Stephen's a very excitable character. Anyway, today he's extra excited. Yeah, it's like Christmas Eve, really, isn't it? Mm, or more. 
<laughs> it's been ten years since they've lifted interest rates. You know, hey, th- this is this isn't this is a once a decade thing for for Stephen anyway. <laughs> for someone like Stephen, it is a pretty exciting day. So you can find the week ahead in your podcast playlist as well. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Monday, the 2nd of May, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.